0: Hello, I'm Dr. Vicki and welcome to Healing the Human Spirit podcast. Today we will discuss science, religion, and the coronavirus with our special guest, Dr. Malcolm Butler. Dr. Malcolm Butler is professor and director of the School of Teacher Education in the University of Central Florida's College of Community Innovation and Education. He he also serves as the coordinator of the PhD program in science education. He received a bachelor's degree in physics from Southern University a master of education in curriculum and instruction with an emphasis in secondary science and a PhD in curriculum and instruction with an emphasis in science education from the University of Florida. He is also the former president of the Association for Science Teacher Education and is past chair of the board of directors of the Council of Scientific Society president. Dr. Butler is also a person of faith reared in the Baptist tradition. And might I add a wonderful human being full disclosure, Dr. Butler is someone I know quite well. I've been married to him for over 29 years. He knows I love to ask thought provoking questions and he graciously agreed to be the first guest on my
1: podcast.
0: So welcome to the show, Dr. Butler. Thank Thank you for for joining me.
1: Thank you for having me, Dr. Vick. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Thanks so much. So let's get right to it. Today, we're going to talk about science and religion, two topics that are often viewed to be at odds with each other. So let's start with a quote by Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Science investigates, religion interprets. Science gives man knowledge, which is power. Religion gives man wisdom, which is control. Science deals mainly with facts. Religion deals mainly with values. The two are not rivals. Now, as a trained physicist, science educator, and person of faith, what are your thoughts about Dr. King's words?
1: Well, that particular quote by Dr. King has has been used quite frequently in the science education community, Mm -hmm. uh, in the religious community, in education in general, Mm -hmm. to really stress the importance that religion is a way of knowing and science is a way of knowing. Mm -hmm. Either one is the way of knowing, even though sometimes people tend to paint their respective fields and disciplines in that way. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to science and science education, We really try to focus on the fact that science is a way of knowing, Mm -hmm. along with a multiplicity of disciplines that also help us to come to understand the world in which we live, as well as who we are as human beings. And I think for learners, that's really important to help them to understand that nothing that they learn is mutually exclusive from the other. Mm -hmm. The challenge is how to fit those pieces together in a way that makes sense to them. We call it meaning making. Mm-hmm. And so I often think about when it comes to science and science education, another quote that's used quite frequently in the science education community by Roger Bybee. Mm-hmm. and He said, um, basically the idea, the premise for the quote is tied to how we approach teaching science and how we value religion in teaching science in school. Mm-hmm. The typical creationism versus evolution debate. Mm-hmm. And Bybee's quote says, science teaches us how the heavens go and religion teaches us how to go to heaven. Ah, okay. (laughs) And so the idea behind that is is quite quite simply that they are two different ways in which we can see the world. Mm -hmm. And they are not in conflict with each other. They're just different ways of being and knowing. And Mm -hmm. so I think there's a beauty in the science for the science community in understanding that they're not mutually exclusive. In fact, another famous scientist, Albert Einstein, who a few people in the world know today, mm-hmm. had a famous has a famous quote along the same lines. And Einstein says, "Science without religion is lame. Religion without science is blind." And so again, <laughs> the idea that they're not mutually exclusive—that indeed both of them contribute science and religion to the world in which we live
0: today—and mm-hmm. I
1: think for us as and for me as a scientist, as an educator as a person of faith, I continue to grapple with in a very positive and refreshing way. Sometimes we even call it in education productive struggle. Mm -hmm. I continue to have that kind of productive struggle as I try to make my way through this world. And so I think all of that fits together in terms of what we're talking about today when it comes to healing the human spirit and indeed embracing all aspects of who we are and what we mean when we describe ourselves as homo sapiens.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you. You've shared some really thought-provoking things. And I, I want to ask, so I don't think many people know a lot about Albert Einstein's views on religion. Could you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: A little bit. I, I, I know Einstein more from the science side than the religion side, but mm-hmm. there are some phenomenal scholars who've studied him over time, talking Mm -hmm. about Einstein's religion, the religion of Einstein, how Einstein informed the religious community. There are even some people who believe that many of his discoveries, if you will, in science, uh, in fact, even the theory of relativity Mm
0: -hmm. has a
1: very strong religious orientation to it. Mm -hmm. Um, What's interesting is that Einstein, for some people, was seen as a as a theologian, even though he would probably never consider himself to be a theologian. Uh-huh. But in some communities, when you go and you read some of his work, it really does speak a lot to how he views God. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he, he grew up in uh, he was raised by parents who were Jewish, but they weren't practicing they didn't practice Judaism.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, he
1: actually went to school, a, ca- a Catholic school growing up. Hmm. So He grew up in a community and environment where he understood that there, in essence, was a God, but -hmm. it wasn't something that was, I would say, overt, or he was engaged in it by virtue of his practice of any particular religion, but Mm -hmm. he was very much aware of it. He was also in a community where he was very much involved in nature. And as you well know, Dr. Vicki, nature is is a perfect place for people who engage in, in religion and religi- religiosity, think about nature as the probably the quintessential example of what we, what we talk about the evidence of God when we look at nature. And so again, Einstein was involved in that from a very young child. And so all of these pieces together, his orientation to religion, mm-hmm. his ideas about science and his involvement with nature at a very young age, really influenced who he was and who he became as a scientist with a very strong social justice slant to his livelihood Mm -hmm. as a scientist. Mm -hmm. Again, speaking to religion, he couldn't help but see people on a very equal plane and not have this very hegemonic way of thinking about if you didn't believe in something, that you were less than. And so that was not a part of Einstein's upbringing mm-hmm. and ultimately influenced the way he saw life, not only as a scientist, a practicing scientist, uh, dare say a closet theologian, but also as a human being who was very much a social justice advocate. There's mm-hmm. some amazing uh, research out there that looked at his life and his uh, the religious influence on his life. One of my favorite books is was written by Max Jammer, J-A-M-M-E-R. Mm-hmm. And, and Dr. Vicky, he, Dr. Jammer actually spent time with Einstein. And so he wow. had a kind of a, a behind the scenes look uh, at a lot of the different aspects of, of Einstein in his later years. Mm-hmm. And the title of, book, of the book is called Einstein and Religion. Okay. And in that book, Jammer spends a lot of time reflecting on and discussing Einstein's early childhood and his growing up, as I his, his his family's life. And then talks about him and his uh, influence, how religion influenced his life. And mm-hmm. then in a the third chapter, he talks about how Einstein re- influenced religion. And so all three of those chapters, I think, really give and paint a really good picture of who he was with the ultimate, ultimate view, I think, was that Einstein died a very complex and in some ways, a very confused, still trying to find his way individual.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: still was on his journey. Mm-hmm. And so his sojourn was not nearly complete. And I think for many of us, when we make that transition, I don't, I, I don't think we're going to be complete. I think we will still be on that journey. And it just so happens that part, part of our journey closes. However, you see that as a scientist mm-hmm. or as a religious person who believes in some type of afterlife, nevertheless, mm-hmm. that chapter in our life comes to an end when scientifically this life comes to an end.
0: Wow. Well, thank you for sharing those insights because I think of Albert Einstein as the theory of relativity and every other scientific discovery he gave us. And I don't often think of him as a religious person. So thank you for providing that
1: insight. And along those same lines, well, I want to Dr. Vicki, you if, know. I, if I could interject, I just want to add, too. You okay. know, you just said about Dr. Uh, Einstein's religious orientation. Mm-hmm. And as I said, if you were to talk with him, had a chance to talk with him, depending on his mood at that time, he might not see himself as a very religious He person. might not say it either. <laughs> he was very, com- he was very <laughs> complex. I mean, you know, he was temporal in, in some of his thinking because mm-hmm. he was constantly... Figuring things out along the way. And depending on what he was reading at that time, depending mm-hmm. on with whom he had interacted recently, mm-hmm. he was very flexible. And we talk about oh. in physics flux. And so mm-hmm. his life was not this very clean, this is what he thought. And he, you know, he was dogmatic in that way. Mm-hmm. There were some things he felt that way about, like his dress and some other aspects of his life. <laughs> but when it comes to religion, most of the people who looked scholars who've looked at that side of his life, see him as a very, very much a person in flux and trying to figure out that part. Wasn't that way when it came to eating or like I Mm -hmm. say, his dress, those Mm -hmm. things, he was pretty standardized in those spaces. But (laughs) when it came to religion, he had a lot of flexibility and he was, he was ever evolving in that space. (laughs) Well, Well, I don't think I even
0: thought of him in that way. (laughs) You know, I think we, are often taught that scientists are just scientists and they don't have uh thoughts about religion except negative ones um you know uh you know the saying that we've read that religion is the opiate of the people that kind of thing and and so we're often taught that many scientists think that way What I'm finding though, the older I get and the more I read is that many scientists are people of faith. So it's good to know that Einstein was exploring those
1: things and they weren't off limits to him. So that's interesting. No way, nothing was verboten for Einstein and religion was in that category.
0: Yeah, that's pretty cool. So along those same lines, I have a question for you how does science and faith figure into your work as a scientist educator and higher administration higher ed administrator sorry
1: oh that's that's a heavy question that that could be a whole separate podcast to be honest with you <laughs> <But, laughs> i'm mean, okay but, but i'll try to encapsulate it here i, I, oh, I think right. from the from the science side not not nearly to compare myself with einstein but i think in many ways when it comes to religion and science i find myself still finding my way um, yeah i i see myself do, definitely as a man a person of faith
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and as a religious person as a person who has some orientation to what it means to live outside of yourself if you will there are greater things mm-hmm. than the individual uh, which is very much aligned with where einstein uh, saw himself
0: mm-hmm.
1: nevertheless I, i'm still on this journey and so as i tried to um conceptualize and calibrate, it continues to be a, a work in progress. So
0: yeah, in
1: the words of some biblical, biblical scriptures and songs, God is not through with me yet. And, <laughs> and, and I'm not through with me yet. And so I think there's a lot of work to do there from the science. When it comes to education, again, I, I think it's there, they go hand in hand because education,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we talk about being a lifelong learner.
0: Mm-hmm. I think
1: inherently as human beings, we're lifelong learners. So I don't think I don't think we should be giving out honors to people for being lifelong learners because we all are. We're always trying to figure out things. That's just human nature. And I don't don't say just as if it's not important. And so the just doesn't, I don't want the just to come off as, well, he sees that as less than. Really Mm -hmm. I see the just as it's a part of who we are. And so as we navigate these spaces in our life as educators, Mm -hmm. as learners, Teaching mm-hmm. and learning go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. We're trying to figure out how do we function in a society, in a world, in nature that mm-hmm. helps us better understand who we are and how we fit into nature. So as an educator, that's very natural. As a learner, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. something we do. And so again, on the education side, the Latin word education, educar, means to bring forth. Doesn't yeah. mean to, It doesn't mean you're blanking, you know, the tablet rasa kind of mentality where it's mm-hmm. a blank slate. It really means what's inside you already as an educator, Mm -hmm. that's what that person tries to bring out of you.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So the same thing happens in teaching and learning is Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out how do these seemingly sometimes seemingly disparate pieces fit together. Science Mm -hmm. and religion can be that. And so education is that way. Higher ed, it plays out every day. Trying Mm -hmm. to help us to see in higher ed, we're supposed to be seeking truth. Now, whether that's a lowercase T or a capital T Mm -hmm. is up for debate, but Mm -hmm. it's still the same idea. We're seeking truth. And so in education and higher education, the whole idea is we're functioning in this university, this universe of ideas. Then how Mm -hmm. do we continue to do it in in many cases nowadays a civil way and can Mm -hmm. engage in civil discourse where we're we're really talking about ideas and trying to help people find their way and seek whatever truth that is they're trying to Mm seek.
0: Wow. You're certainly giving me a lot to think about as I approach life and the people with whom I work as well, especially in this, this pursuit of truth, whether that's lowercase or capital T. So I have another question that is really about some of the things we're facing today. And I want to ask you, what are your thoughts about navigating the seeming disconnect between science and some religious spheres as it relates to the coronavirus? For example, there's a lot of debate about vaccinations and wearing masks, and these debates sometimes seem to pit science against religion. So what are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, again, another podcast. So we're on the third one. Now. I know
0: this is. <laughs> I'll invite you back.
1: <laughs> oh, I'll make reference to some fantastic people that I think could share some insights on this as well. Okay, great. More. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So this, this 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 is obviously a very uh, timely topic. is It's a flashpoint for our society writ large across across mm-hmm. the globe. Mm-hmm. And. One of the things I try to think about is for people who have deeply held convictions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one way or the other. Uh, the key point for me is not to badger people.
0: Yeah. Uh, you
1: know, your podcast is called Healing the Human Spirit. That's right. And so the goal is to help people to heal. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's this, I, I fall prey to the idea of seeking first to understand.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And
1: and that is a space that I think all of us have an opportunity to get better, uh, really trying to understand people's perspective. And a lot of times what I'm finding, Dr. Vicki, is mm-hmm. even when we think we understand someone's perspective, mm-hmm. sometimes we don't have as rich of an understanding as we do. And many times it's because we have laid our understanding on top of theirs. And so we can almost stop them mid-sentence because we think we have it figured out.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: so that sometimes when I mentioned badgering earlier, it it really comes to when we feel like we've got someone figured out and it it goes against what we believe or how we think they should be believing, Mm -hmm. then that's where the badgering comes in. And so we move away from seeking to understand Mm -hmm. to now assuming and thinking that we've got Mm -hmm. things figured out in terms of of where that person sits on an issue. Mm -hmm. And thus it leads to us badgering that person. So Mm -hmm. I think this idea of, especially what's going on with COVID and the vaccine, Mm -hmm. is really trying to understand people's perspective, including the science and the religion. Because I think in in many cases, both of us, whether you, you have a strong feeling one way or the other, both sides have a very long way to go in terms of seeking to understand yes now some people many people don't lie in that space because they figure again they've got it figured out Mm -hmm. they know Mm -hmm. what this person is thinking and they end right there Mm -hmm. that's a challenge for all of us and when i say all of us i'm complicit because i'm a part of this same world you know my mom says (laughs) We're, it takes all kinds to make up the world. We're all here. We're all here. And we all here. So it's not yes. they all here. We all here. And so we're a part of that equation too. And so mm-hmm. I think that to me is a part of the, the really heavy lifting is mm-hmm. trying to reconcile for ourselves how religion and science play out in this current environment with COVID and the vaccination. hmm mm-hmm. And when we, when we're talking about how it, how it lays out, it also requires a necessity. By necessity, we have to come to understand other people's perspective on it. Yes. And yeah, that's not easy. That's challenging. And yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's the kind of thing we need to be doing. We should be doing. I think mm-hmm. we're expected to do that in a civil way.
0: In mm-hmm. a civil way. hmm Yeah. I truly value, uh, what you said about seeking to understand. I know you, you say that often, and not just in this case, but in, in other ways. And I see you living your life that way. And it, it creates understanding. Um, and, and on the faith side of things, that's what, we, what that's what we hope for. At least that's what I hope for. You know, we hope to understand other people in ways that that humanize them, especially with this debate about the virus. I mean, these debates have gotten to be dehumanizing in many ways because yeah. people wear masks for this reason. People don't wear masks. People get vaccinated. People don't. And like you said, we, we don't really know why. We think we know why people do whatever they do because we are projecting onto them what our values are, our beliefs. And so um, seeking to understand, I think is a, the, a big takeaway for me from that. And,
1: and the big part about that is it's not easy. That's hard work. Ooh, it's hard that work. Is, that's hard. It's easy to project. Mm-hmm. You know, I say relatively easy to project. Mm-hmm. It's hard work. You know, what is it? Life for me ain't been no crystal stair. If you're <laughs> yeah. trying to, if you're seeking to understand yourself, Mm -hmm. This world and other people, Mm -hmm. that's hard yet, Mm -hmm. yet, yet it's worth it. Mm -hmm. Because when we come to understand others, nature and ourselves, Mm -hmm. the growth is exponential. Mm -hmm. And when we're growing as individuals, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: others get better, nature and the world gets better Mm
0: -hmm. when
1: we grow in that way. I truly And again, that, that's where the science and the religion comes together, because mm-hmm. the more we know about this world as science, scientists, the more we can heal the world, just like people in, in religion talk about healing the world, mm-hmm. just like doctors and nurses and educators. All of mm-hmm. us are trying to heal this, this world, healing mm-hmm. the human spirit. I would argue Einstein would agree his work on relativity and all mm-hmm. the other amazing accomplishments with photoelectric effect all of those things contribute to a way of healing the world and healing the human spirit so it's it's nothing there's nothing easy about it and yet we all know we th- those of us who are experiencing it every day and mm-hmm. there are many around the world you know 7 billion people in this little ball little marble out in the universe every day we experience that the world gets a little bit better the universe benefits
0: I I couldn't agree with you more. So I guess the last question I have for you is if you would share with our listeners any words of wisdom you have about navigating issues of faith in educational institutions, as students, as staff, as faculty, or as administrators.
1: I don't know if I caught a podcast wisdom. too. <laughs> yeah, probably. She really
0: would. been talking about it the whole time. Yeah, so.
1: yeah, yeah. That's that's what I, I I would reference is, you know, it it is, you know, in the faith community we talk about you you, you have to be a living testimony. Yeah, you have to live your faith every day. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the same thing with science. I mean, we talk mm-hmm. about the scientific habits of mind, mm-hmm. and some of the science, some of the scientific habits of mind is being incredulous,
0: mm-hmm.
1: suspending judgment.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How, dealing with frustration,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there and there are several others that we talk about as scientific habits of mind. Mm-hmm. Well, I would argue scientifically that those are some of the same characteristics that play out in religion.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so,
1: as a as we go through our daily lives, those same things play out every day. And so, if we're very conscious of them,
0: mm-hmm. and it doesn't
1: mean we're perf- we're perfect at it we're just refining ourselves and refining those skill sets, then that's what a scientist does. A scientist becomes better Mm -hmm. at suspending judgment. A scientist becomes better at being incredulous. Mm
0: -hmm. A scientist
1: becomes better at how to deal with, how they deal with frustration. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the same thing in life. And so as we continue to get better at those different ways of becoming a better human being, Mm -hmm. people should be able to see that. Now, mm-hmm. we may be still in some of those same spaces where someone might say, well, I don't see much growth in that space for Malcolm. Well, that's okay. I'm still working. I'm a work mm-hmm. in progress. You know, the master mm-hmm. is molding me, if you will. Yeah. Um, the potter's at work. And so he might have to break me apart right there to put me back together, you know? Mm-hmm. And all of that comes out into play as people see us every day. Mm-hmm. I would hope that every day we're getting a little bit better so that we can see it and surely if we're experiencing it internally where we're having these opportunities to suspend judgment, mm-hmm. we have these opportunities where we press pause and we really do seek to understand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People will notice that. People will see that. And so I think we, we live and walk as human beings every day in day. In, we're, we're growing every day. We're in progress. And evidence of that should be playing out every day in our lives. And if we are experiencing that kind of growth, internally then it can't help but be reflected on the outside you know we talk about the mirror and the window mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. when we look out when we look out the window we're seeing the world and that informs who what we're thinking about
0: mm-hmm. well
1: when we look in the mirror the same thing should be happening when we see ourselves yeah. the same thing should be happening because when we see ourselves we're looking to see where those opportunities to celebrate we're mm-hmm. getting better
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: a, we have to pause and celebrate as well mm-hmm. as taking those opportunities to figure out what's the next thing we want to work on. And, and that, to me, I think, is the beauty of being a person of faith, mm-hmm. a scientist, an educator, a human being. All of those pieces fit together. And the more we work at trying to see how those pieces fit together, mm-hmm. you know that kaleidoscope comes together and we become such a beautiful, beautiful thing.
0: Oh wow. Wow. I um man, I'm actually speechless for a change and you know that's a big deal for me.
1: <laughs> that is a big deal. That's a big deal. It's
0: quite a big deal. My listeners will learn that over time. <laughs> so, I really want to thank you so much for your time today, for your insights. And just for helping all of us to think more about how science and religion really relate to healing the human spirit. And I hope you will actually join us for another podcast, another episode of healing the human spirit in the future. So thank you so much for your time today.
1: My pleasure. Look forward to the next time.
0: All righty. Well, we will see you soon.
1: Thank you.